Welcome back to The Vibe, guys. I am so excited to have Lily Geiger on from Philia on The Vibe. Philia was born out of a desire to have more honest and inclusive conversations around alcohol consumption. The inspiration for creating Philia is one that is very personal. For most of Lily's young life, she watched her father battle with alcoholism, and at the age of 20, she lost him to this disease. Alcoholism comes in many shapes and sizes and may be closer to you than you realize. Everyone has a different relationship with drinking. Lily states that she enjoys a glass of wine here and there, but as she's gotten older, she has found that it doesn't make her feel good anymore. I actually personally fully agree with that statement. We'll get into that. In fact, she finds that she doesn't, that she enjoys her time not drinking even better, but not drinking is still seen as different. Non-drinkers are still seen as outsiders. Non-alcoholic non beverages are more often than not left on the back page of the menu. So she decided to create Philia. For those who are going zero proof for whatever reason, this is for you. Philia is, a, <laughs> is creating an active community, a place for fun. The type of dinner table that, is, that always has an open seat for anyone with all types of experiences and stories. Where no, is an, where no one is an outsider and there is something special to sip for all. All natural ingredients, no sugars, no preservatives, no pressure. I absolutely love this. Three years ago, I actually started to realize my own relationship with alcohol, and it wasn't a good one. I will always thank my ex-boyfriend's dad for reminding me that there is nothing grosser than a drunk, blacked-out girl. <laughs> I had to dive deep in within myself and take a major step back, and in doing that, I learned so much about myself and in others. So I was really, really excited to have Lily in to talk about this subject. First, Lily, I would love if you could introduce yourself, who you are, where you're from, just anything before we get into all things Philia. Yeah, well, first of all, thanks so much for having me. I'm so happy to be here and to talk to you. Um, so I'm Lily Geiger. I'm 25 years old. I'm living in New York City, and I'm actually also from New York City, which is really fun. Um, I grew up on the Upper West Side of Manhattan and actually moved to LA after college and found myself back here during COVID, which is interesting. I felt like everyone kind of did the, the opposite and moved to California <laughs> to get space and, you know, more fresh air, but it was actually, you know, the opposite for me. Um, and yeah, I started Philia. I grew up with an alcoholic parent. So I think that that really um, has shaped my life and who I am and has made me a very cautious drinker, um, a very, you know, good friend and family member, very, you know, aware of, everyone's feelings and and you know how they're doing so I feel like I'm a, I'm a huge empath yeah <laughs> huge empath um, right here yeah that's, that's who I am well before we get into like your background and your life and kind of like what set you into this what were you doing before you started Philia like I'm just curious what you're what you were doing and what made you decide to leave whatever that that current role and I don't I personally I think anyone knows I don't research so deeply because I want to know from you right here right now but what were you up to before Philia that you were like you know what yeah. I'm gonna do my dream and I'm gonna change some shit well it's so interesting I think that a lot of people just assume that I kind of always had this in the back of my head like I was like oh I'm always gonna do this you know this is my plan and that's so not the case I definitely had no idea that I would end up doing this at, at age 25 but I basically started my career off working for Beauty Counter yeah. in uh, Los Angeles, and that was a really special uh, place to start, I would say. I really met a lot of great people. I learned a lot. I was able to kind of have my hand in a ton of different pots and, and have a lot of roles for a young person, which was really great for me. And I then ended up working with a smaller 
I would say boutique style retail um, agency. Like, it, you know, it was basically just me and two other people. They co-founded the company. It was called White Label. It was really great. I learned a lot. Um, was trusted with a lot, which I'm so grateful for. And we ended up working with a lot of small brands like Summer Fridays, APL, Heyday, uh, True Botanicals. Beauty Counter was still a client. Um, yeah, we did, basically just did everything. And it was really cool to see how many things that three people could take on. And I think at my age, I was, I felt like I skipped a bunch of grades and just learning a lot, uh, all at once. So that pretty much prepped me for, I would say eventually having the idea of Ophelia and then actually believing that I could do it uh, on my own because I obviously didn't have, um, the capital to just, you know, hire a bunch of people. And it it was going to have to be a, a small scale project that ended up turning out great. And I'm so proud of it now, but yeah, that's really I love it. And we'll get into like the aesthetics and all of like the production of everything because I'm a big aesthetics person. So is Caroline who introduced us and you did a great job with that. But we'll get into that. Would you mind telling us your experience, whether it's your dad or someone else uh, suffering from alcoholism? And when I say this, I mean, you know, there's so many shows such as Euphoria that came to mind that are, you know, they are glamorizing this. But there's also a side of it that's also teaching people that this isn't the way or like to be more aware but it's also there's glamorization and there's glamorization you know even watching i've been watching uh pamela anderson and tommy lee's show there's so much about just all we watch as humans it's it's in our nature to like look at these people and things and whatnot is there what have you found like in your own experience with your dad or whoever it may be that you have felt that you know this glamorization first i want you to tell the story about your dad or any friends or anyone but the glamorization that's being put out there and what you feel about that because i'd love to hear from your opinion if you think what i think which is i think that euphoria is giving two sides to this to this world i think it's opening eyes to like being like fentanyl's fucking crazy we don't know what's in shit but then i think there's another side that people are like rue's pretty cool but we're getting both they are sharing both sides of it so i want to hear from you because you are both sides to it. You've experienced both sides yeah, of it. I, yeah. Totally. And I think that, you know, for me, I I definitely had the idea to start something like Philia because I wanted there to be a brand out there that was having honest conversations about drinking and, and the dark side of drinking. Obviously, we want to provide this option for people that feel sophisticated, that tastes great, and that you know, brings you to the table, but also to have these honest conversations will just help more with, you know, lessening the, the stigma around addiction. So I think that that's, that's huge for me. Um, you actually picked the right show to talk about. <laughs> a watcher. Um, I'm pretty addicted. I think that it's interesting. I actually had this conversation recently with a friend of mine. Um, we were watching it and I, was basically like saying how triggering it was. It was not this past episode, but it was last week. Oh, um, it's, I mean, I can't, I can't help but say they're all so good, but it's oh, so true. It is so triggering. That's crazy. I mean, just seeing, I think the way in which it was like the episode where Rue's kind of like running away. Yes. And, and um, she's like, I think sex perfect. Yeah. Yes. And I think that that's Definitely. I think it was like the yelling and just the way that like that person that you think you know so well and that you trust. And for me, it's like my protector, right? It was like my parent, someone who was supposed to be protecting and taking care of me, flipping a switch and just doing anything that they can to get a hold of that substance. And, you know, 
and it becomes so intense where you, you kind of blatantly see that they're choosing that substance over you every time. So I think that that was really um, impactful for me to see. And, and yeah, you're right. I mean, it totally is something that is glamorized in the show. Um, and even, you know, when you are seeing it in like that, where they're like, you know, it, it's intense, like the screaming and, and, all but that, it's so, but, and, but it's I, so real. Like that, really, you see her and, like not giving a fuck about what her mom says about anyone, right. and like even her her girlfriend, her best friend. She's like, "Fuck you!" Like, yeah, th- that's like that's what I imagine. Like addiction, like within a family, to be yeah. like where it's like that person just does not give a shit what you think and or feel. Completely, and, and at the end of the day, you know, everyone says this, and it's it's totally true that it's a it's a family disease. So I think at times when I talk about it and especially when it relates to philia I almost feel guilty I'm like well you know I'm not an addict but then I think back and I talk to people about it and I'm like they're like no this is your experience like you were I was a completely different person when my dad was alive and when he was drinking because I was always on edge I was always just anxious and nervous that that anything could happen at any time because with and with a substance like that especially with alcohol someone could get in the car they could hurt somebody else they could hurt themselves they could fall down a flight of stairs they could totally just screw up their job their livelihood their home they could light the house on fire like it's just it's it's the most stressful thing in the world because and i relate it to you know friends or i i I think i tend to think about it in contrast is friends who have lost parents that have been in the hospital and they've been just sitting there and they're like oh I'm going to visit my parent and I'm talking to them and like this disease took them it's like alcoholism is preventable like this right. could have been and that's the hardest thing um and I'm not saying one is easier than the other but it's just when you think about it in contrast like that you're like well what could I've done wrong or what, what could I've done differently what you know what could I've done to change things and at the end of the day you can't because it's really up to that person so it is interesting to see the way that euphoria portrays addiction and I also um I think that it, it kind of gets me thinking all over again because that's kind of a, a part of my life that I've put in the back of my mind um right. and that I've stored away a little bit until starting Philia and really accessing those things and having those conversations with people that have gravitated towards the story and the brand and that's yeah, been really for me love that and thank you for sharing that i really really appreciate it and i do see such a power i hope people see the parallel seeing like rue talk to her mom like that and just like people who have never had addiction issues within their own or family issues let's put it even that way seeing how that dynamic plays out and how can be so toxic for the little sister and all everybody's affected it is a family disease so i'm actually gonna share a a blackout story of mine that made me change my whole alcohol vibe. So in short, I was out having a great time. The night ends, I'm blacked out and I'm in a cab and I'm like, I need to pee. I need to pee. I come back. I don't remember anything. And this is from like, I was probably 27 years old. I remember waking up the next morning, super embarrassed, scared to even like look at my phone, scared to look at anyone in fear that I said something crazy or did something crazy. And since then, I've never blacked out. But I did realize how out of control I was and how whatever extra drink I was taking would could hurt someone like I was maybe maybe couldn't hurt someone but maybe I was gonna hurt my own self or make a bad decision or sleep with someone that I shouldn't or yell at my mom like I don't even know I was just like to the point where I was like I wake up with such bad anxiety 
that it, this is so not worth it. So I still have a beer, I'll drink like lightly, or I really won't drink at all. And I'm the person who drives and I'm so good with that, but so right. many people are not. And like yeah. throughout that time when I was figuring out my alcohol intake and what's good for me and what works and what doesn't, I have been dating somebody who like, all of their friends drank and like they almost thought it was like weird that I didn't and I was just like that so when you talk about inclusivity and everyone being at your table it was just like one of those things where I was like I don't need to drink like I don't like I'm I'm, I'm a good time without it and if I think you guys are annoying when you're drinking then it's fine because I can dip no feelings are hurt but it's so crazy how like people think you're not having fun if you're not drinking and it's just like I now have it took me a while to get secure with my own like habits of myself and being like no I'm just me you guys just don't know yourselves yet and if that's how you want to live that's obviously so fine but like accept people for as they are and what they want to do and like the experiences they have like maybe you don't want to talk about your dad to everyone and you don't want to drink and you shouldn't have to mention why because we're fucking humans so I just felt like I wanted to mention that story because I do feel that people relate a lot more whenever I mention something embarrassing about my own self. But I would love to talk about the shame with drink, the feeling of drinking, the shame, the guilt, the, all of those things that come with it because I don't think that's discussed enough. I think we talk about our outfits, the crazy night we had, the plot, the boy, the blah, blah, blah. And it's like, me and my friends, 99.9% of the time wake up with deep anxiety. And like literally don't want to look at our phones. Like I have like three good friends who we all have now taken a deep introspective look. And it's like, yeah, sure. We do get out of hand at times still. We're human beings. And those times were fucking not okay. Do you know what I mean? And we never want it to happen again. But I don't think a lot of people think that way. And like we have these discussions like Anna, Amanda, if you hear this, they know that I've said every time we drink, if you think that I am like about to go off the walls, like stop me. Even if you think, even if I'm going to say like, fuck you, I don't care. And I don't think that many people have that. And I know that I should control myself better. But if I can't, I'm like, help. So can we talk about like the shame and the guilt? Because there's so much around it. People just don't want to talk about, again, glamorize. We don't talk about the shitty parts of it enough. Totally. I think that it's really interesting that you bring this up because it is something that is often um, felt and even discussed. I think, you know, if you go to sit down at a table with a friend and they order a drink and you don't, it automatically makes them feel guilty for ordering a drink and for the fact that you're not ordering a drink. And it's like an immediate, like, what's wrong? Right, or, you know, for a woman over the age of however, are you pregnant or are you, you know, are are you on a diet? Like, are you going to be, like, skinny tonight? Like, Exactly. So I think that that, that's something to be talked about. There there really shouldn't be anything, you know, to to say about something like that. and or are you driving or you know i used to live in la so like that was a big thing too where it's like we're driving everywhere you really can't have anything over like a glass of wine or a beer and um i think that you know it it really starts the conversation of is this is this like something that someone would bring up if it were another type of drug like you know if if i wasn't heroin tonight would you like question me to you know for 20 questions like as to why i'm not doing this like hard drug no never and I'll, so if someone doesn't want to do that like that there really shouldn't be many questions following and i, I hope it's that such a good way to put it like if you're doing heroin and i'm not it shouldn't be like we shouldn't have to talk like, like that, <laughs> and I, I hate to you know i hate to get so dark with that but i really do think it's like it's kind of crazy to to see how how stressed it makes people and how threatened they feel or you know how 
guilty they feel in that moment that that they don't have a drinking buddy because and that wouldn't be the case if you know I ordered a mocktail and you didn't and it'd be like oh well, I ordered a water and you ordered a mocktail what's the difference right, right. but it so I, I think that that's something worth discussing and worth thinking about. And I hope that in the future of drinking that there is less of that. There's less questioning. Um, I definitely agree with what you said before as well with, you know, talking to friends and just realizing, you know, as you get older, especially how your relationship with alcohol changes. And, you know, when you when you do age, you know, your hangovers get worse and your anxiety gets worse. You have real life problems. You're not paying to be in college. You're, you're being paid by an employer to... Right. To do a job. job. <laughs> a lot of stress that comes with that. There's a lot of anxiety that hits you um, in adulthood. And I think that drinking can sometimes just make it so much worse. Uh, and, and especially after drinking and the way that you feel uh, with a hangover can really just be a dark time for people. So I think that that's huge. Yeah. So I have had to have many talks with people in my family or my friends about my own drinking. And no one's ever really confronted me about it, but I'm sure they'd wanted to. Have you ever confronted any friend of yours and of being like, hey, I think you're overdoing it a little bit or like, you know, like I've definitely had that conversation with certain friends that I'm just like, yo, I love you, but like don't have that extra glass of wine because that ruined the whole situation. Yeah, I think I've I've definitely had conversations with friends in the past where, you know, it it typically will happen after a night where someone said something really inappropriate or just has yelled at someone and I'm just like hey that's really upsetting to me the last thing I need is for a drunk person to be yelling at me given I've been through I really don't like that and I think that if this continues like it's going to affect our friendship which is sad right like for to have that conversation with somebody and especially for me who's super conscious of that I really don't like to have those conversations because I think that when I when it comes from me it comes from a different place than another friend because I think that all my good friends know where I'm coming from where I'm like this is like traumatizing it's not fun for me I really don't like um being spoken to like that when you're intoxicated it's really upsetting so I think you know I've definitely had those conversations, but not many. I think I also like to surround myself with people that I don't, you know, treat me like that if they're drunk or are going to make me feel uncomfortable. I think a lot of my friends, I, I've been able to kind of keep in my life that, that make me feel good and make me feel confident in the way that I'm drinking or not drinking. Right. You know, if I'm a lot, they don't push me. If I'm, you know, not drinking at all, they don't push me, they don't question me. So, and I think that after starting Celia, it's actually opened a lot of doors for, to get more friends to be open to not drinking at all. Not that they're permanently, you know, trying to be sober, but to just mix in, you know, something that's not alcohol. I've seen way more of that. So that's also really awesome. I love that. Well, getting, now, now I want to get into Philia. So I know that you were featured in Vogue, the New York Times. I would love for you to talk about it all. I would love to discuss the research you found, all of like everything Philia based. Like, go right into it. Tell us about your baby. Tell us about your brand. Tell us about the sober community. Like, you, this is like your time to shine, Lily. <laughs> I love that. Thank you. I, yeah, it's, it's, it's crazy to see us in, you know, New York Times and Vogue, EQ, and I mean, even like travel and leisure and print, like just seeing it in a magazine, like, I almost can't believe that that's something that I, did with the help of obviously uh, my best friend who works with me, Riley. Shout out Riley. She's literally my <laughs> life. I couldn't do any of this without her. Um, and I think 
yeah, it's it's just so surreal. I think it's crazy, and I and I love it. It it really keeps us going. It really to see that is like okay, we're actually doing something that is not only impactful, but like people like people like the taste, and they are continuing to order this product. That is the that is the wildest thing in the world. To me. I have to ask, what does your mom think of it? My mom loves it. I mean, my mom is always like, "Do you have an extra bottle?" Like, I my mom actually buys it from the stores that we sell it at. at That's like store. so cute of her. She's like bought out stores from you know all their inventory and they'll email us be like we have this customer that's like crazy about Delia you know and I'm like can you <laughs> that would be my mom as well Erin <laughs> just like text me and I'll bring you bottles but um yeah I mean I think that my whole family has been supportive like my aunt and uncle and my cousins and my whole family it's just it's insane everyone is really supportive and so sweet and do you um, ever think about what your dad would would say I've I've been asked this a bunch of times I think my dad would be proud my, my dad was you know kind of I guess you know had his own thing he was a contractor my dad had his own construction company so I know that he wasn't working for somebody else you know he was working for himself and I think I, that was always kind of ingrained in me like you know if you can work if you can do what you love and make it work like yeah. that's really the best thing in the world so I always was inspired by that and I think yeah my dad would probably be really relieved to have an option out there that tasted good that wasn't you know just ocean spray cranberry which was a staple in our fridge growing yeah, up yeah so true um, I like honestly now thinking about it, I'm like there really isn't even like a like there was O'Doul's I guess like right. yeah like I guess which doesn't even right. like, it's just who wants to taste non-alcohol I mean like I guess if you want to sure but there totally. aren't there aren't drink there aren't mocktails like there there right. are now and I think that, you know, you, especially in a setting where you're not in your own home, where, you know, if he's having a seltzer with ocean spray cranberry juice at night, okay, like, that's probably, like, sufficing, you know, whatever craving he's having for just the, the ritual of a drink. But it, it becomes more um, exacerbated when you're in a setting in public at a restaurant or at a bar with friends or at someone's home and everyone is drinking a cocktail that looks super inviting and you're drinking a seltzer water. Like, that is the most, you know obvious right. uh, and what sets you apart from the community the conversation and feeling a part of the community and 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 just feeling included it's it's hard for for the non-drinker especially when you literally can't drink because you you have an issue with right. addiction if you start drinking alcohol you won't be able to stop so, so getting that- into that idea of overconsumption i actually wanted to bring this up because Pandemic, pre-pandemic, but pandemic specifically, I think created a lot more alcoholics than ever. I think actually statistically, this is like the most alcohol's ever been like sold, to be honest. I truly, truly think everything you're doing is amazing, but drinking culture is so real. And with the pandemic, it's only rocketed. So to see you doing, to see you creating a product like this is really, really amazing because I think it changes the side of the social world of people. There's a, a lot of people like you and I who don't want to drink for many reasons besides like, it doesn't have to be because somebody in our family just it doesn't feel good anymore. You're, like right. you said, as you get older, the hangovers get worse. But let's be honest, drinking has been a big thing since like the cave women were around. So since around 6,000 BC. So, and there is a big difference if you look at, um, read books about how they used to drink wine and as opposed to us, they weren't over consuming. They were just making enough, just like, you know, uh, making enough wine to drink for just the, fa- like a cup for each of the family. And that was normal. That's why cavemen and cave women, when we look at their bodies, they have, a slim figure they had they were eating and drinking as the fruits and whatnot was grown in season and that's like how we should eat and whatnot so what are your vibes on americans 
and the overconsumption of alcohol. Because we really are like a, like even me seeing other people and my own friends, I'm like, wow, you could like drink. And that's like, it's like crazy. Like it's crazy to me sometimes, like the way people drink. I'm like, and how are you fine the next day? <laughs> yeah. And I think that something that's so interesting, especially with like American culture is like people will drink all night and they'll get up early and like day drink and they'll day drink into the night. And I'm like, my system can't handle No, this. I would die. I would I, die. It doesn't feel good. It really does not feel good. And it's also kind of upsetting that it's like normalized. We're like, this is now that something that is completely routine of of a, of a weekend for people and especially in college that was that was definitely you know the routine that we fell into but I will say you know you touched on this and I think it's super important is like during the pandemic everyone was realizing that their drinking habits were changing most people were I can't speak for everyone and I think that that's also something that shaped you know the way that I saw this product and, and the way that I wanted it to be introduced into the space that was a fairly new space and you know, there are a lot of actually liquor alternatives that are, you know, it's like non-alcoholic whiskey, non-alcoholic tequila, non-alcoholic yeah. gin. But I, I didn't want that because, and and there's no shame or no, no not harshing them at all. I just think that that could be really triggering to someone who can't drink because they're an alcoholic. And the sober community comes first in my book for this product. Um, this is for the sober community. Right. Everyone else comes after that. It's for everyone, but the sober community is at the forefront and they deserve a really great option and they deserve something that looks sophisticated, that tastes sophisticated and that makes them feel included and, you know, that, that they can relate to. And there aren't many products out there like that. So I would say, yeah, thinking about what we wanted it to be is, you know, I didn't want it to be an alternative. I wanted it to be something that was originally meant to be savored. So for an aperitivo, aperitif, like in, you know, Italian culture, it's meant to be savored. It's not meant to be chugged. It's, it's concentrate. Um, you know, you typically can drink it neat over ice, but very little. You're not going to drink like a large glass of Campari. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's like mixed, you know, lightly with like sparkling water or like a little Prosecco. It's not anything crazy. So finding something that was originally meant to be savored and follows a culture that it really like likes to slow down and savor yeah. things. I, that was really important to me. And I think that's why I ended up taking that route. And I think that a lot of people are like, well, you're not Italian, you know, da, da. like that's, you know, how, how can you really speak to this culture? And I think that I was able to spend a lot of time in Italy right after my dad died and just being able to witness the different ways that we're drinking and, and eating and savoring things really touched me at the time. Like, yeah, like they, one- they eat to get full. Like they drink to be happy. They don't drink to the point that- of like sadness and depths yeah. of like despair. <laughs> yeah. And that was huge for me. Like to see that after what I had been through, that was a really meaningful time in my life. So that's really what inspired this uh, product and, and just the nature of it. So, yeah. I love that. You just speak so lovely. I could like listen to you talk forever. I love what you. Can, <laughs> what can we look forward to in the future with Philia and your nonprofit endeavors? Yeah, so we, so I guess the future of Philia, I can't give too much away, but we do have another product coming out, which is really exciting. And I will say it's super approachable. It's fun and I won't give too much else away, but it's exciting. Yeah. And the, yeah, the cool thing, I mean, I, I do like to bring up partnership to end addiction whenever I talk about Philia, because that's really a huge part of the ethos of the brand, right? Like that's, that's what makes us unique. And 
it's really the driver on um, not only the honest conversations that we have, but the resources that we can then provide to people when, once we have the conversations and they actually want to take action. So one thing that's been huge for us is having people reach out saying, you know, I was so touched by your story, whether this is to me personally or the brand and story. Right. I'm so touched by your story. I, you know, have a family member, a friend, et cetera, that is struggling with their drinking and I would like to help them. And because I've, you know, taken the steps to partner with Partnership to End Addiction, I can then provide those resources to them. So I'm not just like teasing it. I'm like, yeah, you know, like this is the thing. And it's like, I can actually, you know, introduce you to X, Y, Z, or like we like to post things that are, you know, I would say like statements or stats or, you know, we'll start to do polls. Like, did you know that there's, you know, a pill you can take to help you cut drinking or have you, do you ever go to therapy? Like that's literally what I was going to ask you. So I'm so glad that you like, everything is just flowing perfectly. Cause I was going to say, what would you say to the person who like wants to slow down, but it's like, it's hard. Like it, it's, it's hard to change your lifestyle. Right. And I'm not saying that I have all the right answers, but I will say that partnership to addiction will, be able to act and speak on this a lot better than I can. And I can't, you know, I can't single-handedly help all these people, but if I can give them a place to go that makes them feel comfortable, that is. Had a little moment there. Let's get right back into it. (laughs) Yeah. So I was just basically saying, you know, if I can give people, you know, resources and a place to go, that is not only a lot more helpful than what I can give them myself, but to also give them something that's free, you know, that doesn't charge them. And and that can be daunting and that can steer a lot of people away from looking for help because they think it'll be really expensive. And, you know, I could go on about, you know, just public health when it comes to, um, you know, addiction and, and the way that people treat it. it. It's really, it can be really disappointing and upsetting. So I think finding ways where that people can, you know, basically seek this help without worrying about the costs it's really a special thing it's also an important thing because as we know in this market also like i hope people know that the less they drink the more they're saving you know what i mean like think about those like 15 dollar cocktails it's like could be using that i always think about like what i could be using that money that like even on clothes that i'm like why did i buy this bag so stupid but you know, I actually would love to, I always, in the past, I've asked people like, what's been the hardest part of this experience? What's the best part of this experience? But I want to talk to you because I know this experience has had to be hard. I mean, it's your life. You grew up with alcoholism in your family. So for me, that's a less important to, question to ask. The more important question to ask is, you know, what's been the most rewarding aspect of creating this? There are a lot of rewarding aspects, but I will say that the most would probably be just the outreach and of, you know, messages and comments and thoughts and just support from people. Um, Just basically saying that, you know, not only do they appreciate me sharing the story, but that it really opened up doors for them to relate to a brand that otherwise they wouldn't be able to really relate to because they're not telling a story that's that's like this you know they're not really being honest um about something like this and you know not every brand has a story to tell that that is similar to mine so i think that people really are you know feel comfortable coming yeah. coming out with their own stories and um and reaching out to me and and asking questions or just saying like you know you make me feel relieved um, that i'm not alone in my own battle with a family member or with a loved one 
so that's to me like that's really all that matters to me right is like yeah. is helping and and to be able to tell my story and to that maybe at least one person could have heard it and and felt like like they weren't alone um it's just so impactful and and it's so rewarding and I think that you know it, it even helps me heal through things that I might have not been able to address or to talk through or or to to notice that you know we're still kind of playing a role in my life um so to just to just have that community and to know that people are just excited about it and yeah. also feel you know that that they have somebody else who's going through a similar thing out there just it's awesome I love it. And I think that that's so important. And like we were talking about before we started recording, um, I told you I lost my dad when I was younger as well. And I just could relate to you a lot. And I feel like so many people can relate to losing a parent, whether I said to you before, whether they have an existing parent and they're just not present in their lives or whatever but that fear of losing somebody again that you love so much really makes you want to make a change and I think it's so beautiful that you created a change and something that did impact your life negatively sadly of course but I also think without these like really sad shitty experiences we you wouldn't create what you just created and you wouldn't create an environment and a community for people to feel like all right, I'm going to let go of something. And in that, I hope I don't let go of my whole identity. Because that's what people think, yeah. is that they're letting go of, an, of, of who they are. Like, I can't tell you how many... I, I teach yoga for a living on top of many other things, as we all do. But how many people have stopped drinking and how many, you know, less friends they have because just because, just, just because, like, just because they don't drink anymore. And, you know, the consensus is that they're like, I'm just so much happier now with the way that my life is being so much clear clearer and like clear-minded and like some I know people who are like I would never take back would never be a Cipriani drinker every martini night ever again like some people just can't be that way and I just think it's so important that especially as two women and I say women very proudly as two women who are entrepreneurs doing their own thing doing it alone without like that support and without we both have lost men in our lives um, I think that that says a lot and I think, you know, you were 20, I was 11, um, really, really different, but such different changes of like, you know, like who doesn't need their dad from when they're 11 to 20, who doesn't need their dad from when they're 20 to growing up forever. So it's like learning that, that like, I want to be able to be there for my kids and my grandkids for as long as possible. So like through the learning of my own finding out early on that, hey, if I continued this way, I'd probably on a, be on a really bad path just because. And like yeah. learning, and I put this in here, I'm actually just going like off cuff now, but you know, I think a big thing with people not starting to not drink is confidence. And just being confident enough with being like, you know, let, let's pretend you're drinking and I'm not. And you're like, well, why aren't you drinking? And me just being like, because I don't want to. And like that being okay, like that should right. just be enough. You know it's what I mean? Stunning really stuns people I think that it really is a bold decision and you're kind of going against the grain which is unfortunate because like you know the grain shouldn't be to drink but it really is a statement and and it makes you you're right it totally comes from confidence and I think that you know you mentioned just you know people basically changing their identities by choosing not to drink I also think it's interesting to point out that people that 
you know, are honest with themselves when they say that they also have a problem with drinking. It's interesting to see how many people like, kind of look at them differently. They're like, oh, you have a, you can't handle alcohol. Like, why can't you handle it? Like you are lesser than, or totally. we don't trust around our car, our kids, our anything. How can we know that you won't be drinking or won't be secretly drunk because you're an alcoholic, right? And it puts them in this category where it's like, well, they're finally being honest about not having, you know, a, a healthy relationship with alcohol. And that's super admirable to be able to say that because it's really humiliating to people. It's really just, you know, makes you feel like shit. And so I'm always proud of people who can admit that and say that because it would have been a whole different story if my dad weren't so honest with me and with himself. It would have been a harder longer road um and you know regardless there's still lying that comes with alcoholics you know and, you know you're trying, just constant and that's hard because you know as a family member of an alcoholic you don't trust anybody totally. just to, but it's it's it, that's also interesting to talk about and um yeah I, I and and one more observation like I could really have you forever one more right. observation I've had and I don't know if you ever look at TikTok or like are ever interested in like the TikTok world. I only am because I'm like, they're just so different than us. But one thing that I've noticed is I don't think a lot of them drink that much. I agree. I think that actually younger generations don't find it as, as cool as the, at least generations. I agree. In. And I wanted to ask you what you thought about that because listen, I, I'm not only talking about the Charlie D'Amelios and the Dixies of the world. But I do notice that they are like, anyone can say they're clowns or this or that, houses, like what a content creation, whatever. But like these kids hustle and I really don't see them. Like I never hear about them like being wasted at the club or like, like I see them going to the club, but I never see them walking out stumbling or like any, like I, you, like you, like I'm sure if we were to go on a deep dive, we could find some shit. But like generally for a 21 year old to not, famous 21 year old to not be seen yeah. fucked up kind of shocking I definitely see that you know and I think that you I mean I, I say this almost all the time on any podcast is I would hope that I see drinking leaning in the direction of like where cigarettes have landed us right like I grew up in Manhattan and everyone's smoking a cigarette and now you don't see that as much I mean you still see of course people smoking cigarettes but not as common and I think that it's hey less- I'm even shocked when I see a cigarette Exactly. And I think it's it's less exciting to people, you know, even in our generation where like, why would we smoke a cigarette? We know too much about wellness. We know too much about health and we're learning more about alcohol and the way that, that affects our health with time. Um, and so I, I really see that moving in a direction that, you know, kind of makes it them not totally extinct, but like close to it. You know, no, I, think I just can- was like curious if you got that vibe too, because I really just like don't like for all those like little great people out there i'm like i don't see you guys fucking like sure you may fuck up in other ways but i don't see you guys like being clowns and like you know like if i was at that age super famous i'd definitely be raging my face off do you know what i mean so it's like again such a different culture that i'm like it's pretty cool to see in 2022 that like kids and i say kids obviously very loosely but like the kids it doesn't seem like that big of a priority to be like we need no. to get drunk. Like, we, yeah, there's obviously groups of them that I see that I'm like, obviously. But I really think the major consensus is like, I don't think that they, like, their parents don't have to worry about that kind of stuff. I think, yeah. I mean, if anything, it's like the vaping, which I also hate. I think it's kind right. of crazy now, the new thing. But 
I will say I, I do see drinking becoming less important in their lives and less exciting to them, which I kind of love to see. So I, I love to see it too. Oh. And I, I just was, it was an observation that I've been noticing. I'm like, you know, we don't see like, there's no like young Lindsay Lohan, Paris Hilton, but just fucking shit up. Do you know what I mean? Like we don't, there's just, just not a mess of a girl I that mean, I could name right now or like a, a guy even that I'm like, they're, they're just like, I do, I do see a change. Totally drugged out, you know, emaciated, skinny with, you know, eyeliner tripping down their face, leaving the club looking terrible. Exactly. It's like they all, I mean, a lot of them look pretty healthy and they seem like they are, you know, aren't super drunk so it's interesting it's really interesting yeah no so it's just something i wanted to i felt like a good closing out thing because you know with euphoria and tiktok and all these like really prominent um you know um what's the word i'm looking for like social and television and all these consumptions that we're all taking in I think it's really important to talk about how I do, I think it, I, it would be, we would be wrong to talk about how awesome it is that kids younger are starting to not, as we all start talking about how people older are doing it more. So it's like, we have to give the benefit of one side and see how it is, there is a change that is going on. Obviously, really? it's like teaching an old dog new tricks. Like we somehow, maybe some things have not gone right, but I will say, do you notice that younger generation, like not seeing the coolness in it? And I do love it. And I think that that's awesome for them because that's going to be such a, they're not going to, they're not going to have to deal with absurd press about that kind of stuff. Like they like know, it's almost like they know better than to like be a mess of a human. Yeah. And it's, and I just think that that's great. And I just wanted to talk to you about it. And, you know, I really appreciate you you know, even talking to me about euphoria, and I know that that can be triggering. I literally think about Rue and her mom, and I can only imagine certain... I mean, listen, me and my mom have had our own shit, and she's not an alcoholic, so, like, people just deal with stuff. Like, even just family dynamics not working out. Like, things just happen. So I really appreciate you being just super honest and real and fun and just a light, and you are so young, and I'm so excited to see where this goes, and I think it's so awesome that you're changing drinking culture for, you know, obviously for the masses, but for you and your environment and what you want for your life. And I'm assuming you want a family and kids and all of those things. And I think it's super really admirable to be making that change for yourself and for the world because very few people are doing that. And I look up to you for doing that. Thank you. Oh my God. I've, I've been loving speaking with you. It's, <laughs> it's really fun to, obviously to have these conversations and and more so to hear you know everyone's story and you know you sharing your blackout story sharing <laughs> loss like it's it's really it all plays a role in your life and and how you relate to people totally and listen i wouldn't share those stories if i didn't feel so confident in the fact that i would like for people to also stop drinking so much i don't want anyone to ever you do you i want the world to do whatever they want but in sharing my story i hope someone can feel a little less embarrassed and be like you know what i maybe act a little wild and out of control sometimes and like i need to reel it in and like that's all i need it's like you don't have to change your life it's just like reel it in like no it's like it's like it's like doing a two-year review you know what i mean like a work review it's like how have i been this year (laughs) 
is XYZ affecting me? Is this good for me? Is it not? And you do have to take a look on the inside and see what is it. It's, it's really like even also a dietary thing, like seeing what feels good, what doesn't feel good. Like I think dry January is silly, but I think it's great because I found that a lot of people have been like, I actually don't like, I think it's great for the people who have actually found a change, not for the people who like February 1st go right back to who they were, yeah. but the people who are like, wait, time out. My mom was actually that type of person who like did a dry January type of thing and then was like, I love going to bed at 10. I love going to my boxing class. I guess my boyfriend thinks I'm boring now, but like, I like it. And yeah. she was one of those people actually, now that I like totally think about it. She like, after that dry January, she, she drinks every now and then, but in a very like low capacity, she'll never like black out anymore again or anything. And we're a Colombian family. So as you can imagine, Hispanics do like to drink and have a good time. But I, again, I could literally rant with you forever. So again, just want to let you know what you're doing is amazing. I love that you're making the world a healthier place. You are such a light. I can't wait for people to hear this. I wish everyone could see this. Mind you, I'm just disgusting right now. But <laughs> nonetheless, nonetheless, thank you so much. You are, you are awesome. And I look forward to hopefully having a friendship together and riding this wave of you know, this new age of non-alcoholism that we're trying to create here because I'm on this ride with you too. This is exactly, Caroline knew exactly what, she knows my, she knows the journey I've been on on my own uh, world. Thank you, Caroline, for connecting us. I'm so happy we got to speak. Thank you for having me. So thank you everyone for listening to The Vibe. Have a vibey, vibey day. Thank you so much, Lily.